another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. I love like what we've been focusing on this past month, this amazing series we've been involved in called Checkmate. Um, if you're new tonight, Checkmate is all about the reality of the unseen world, uh, the reality of, I guess, there's a, there's a war, we call it warfare, there's a battle going on. Um, sometimes we don't see it with our physical eyes and, and, and there's a reality that there's an enemy that wants to take us out. There's an enemy that's coming for us um, and wants to really impact us and, and take us to a place where we're broken, where we, where we can't really uh, feel like we can get through life. But God's got a plan to really uplift us, to take us forward, um, to enable us to grow. And uh, I love that. And, you know, you don't have to be a Christian to realize that there's unseen forces at play. You know, when I wasn't walking with God, I, I knew about the reality of God, but there were times when I could feel things at play that I couldn't really see. I didn't really know what they were, but there was times, there was heaviness, there was dark times, there was realities of things I couldn't put my hand on, but I love that we have a God who doesn't just uh, let us go through life and battle things on our own, but we have a God who really calls us to engage in warfare, to overcome in warfare, and to win our battles in everyday life. But um, I love that, that as a church right now, we're just growing and we're having so many new peoples coming through the door. Um, so if you don't know me, as Craig said, my name's Danny. And uh, me and my wife, Tali, we get to lead the young adults here, which is such an amazing privilege. If you are a young adult, anywhere between the age of 18 to 25, we catch up on a Tuesday night. More than welcome to come hang. Um, we always love having new people. But um, other than that, like I work in construction. And uh, so I'm on the job site pretty much every day um, with my brother and my dad and a few guys that we got working for us, which is really cool. And uh, so to all my tradies out there, like I feel your pain right now. It's winter. It's freezing, and uh, we don't really want to be out there, but we do what we got to do. But summer's on the way. Is anyone thankful that summer's on the way? We had some good weather coming up this week, which is, uh, which is really cool. But I've, I've actually been coming here uh, nearly six years now, which is just crazy to think. Six years ago, I walked in um, to this place. I was an 18-year-old. wasn't on my to-do list to be here. I came in um, pretty broken, pretty uh, going through a really dark season. I guess you could say my life was in the midst of spiritual warfare. And uh, a family member told me to come. And it, well, I, didn't, I didn't really think I was going to keep coming. I just thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come and I'll check it out. Um, but the cool thing was is that I didn't walk into a service. I walked into a family. I walked into a group of people that really embraced me um, while I was bleeding, while I was hurting, in the midst of some family challenges that were, that were hard, that were real tough, I had a family that embraced me and said, you know, we'll love you. We'll love you even when you fall. We'll help you get back up. We'll continue to walk with you. So I don't know what you're going through at this moment in this season, but know that God has a family for you. And we could be that family. Maybe another place could be that family. But you just got to allow people to get around you, to love you, to embrace you, and to walk with you. Um, in, in what you're going through. But the last few weeks, we've been looking at this reality of spiritual warfare. We've been digging into Ephesians chapter 6. Um, it's, our whole series has been based around uh, the armor of God, which Paul the Apostle writes about. And uh, right from the offset, I want to paint us a picture. Like Paul is right now, he's, he's one of like the spiritual heroes of the Christian faith, and he's in prison at this time. He's not in prison because he did something wrong. He, it's not in prison because he uh, committed murder or something. He's in prison because he's bringing hope, life, and radically just changing the world for Jesus. 
and people have put him in prison and he's writing uh, this letter in prison. And so I want to just preface what we're going to go through um, tonight with that. But week one, we had a bit of a look um, at understanding our warfare and enemy, which Pastor Nadia preached so brilliantly. It was so good to have her back preaching and bringing the fire. Um, week two, we looked at a few of our offensive armor. We looked at the shield of faith, the sword, which is the word of God. Week three, Pastor Paul just unpacked the amazing reality of our defensive armor and the reality of our stand. And through this whole series, we've lent in and seen the need to be equipped with the armor so that we can overcome in our personal, everyday life. But today, we're going to be looking at the last two pieces of the puzzle to the rest of our offensive armor. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And uh, we'll follow through from there. Paul says, he goes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. I love that reality, don't you? That we're able to stand against the enemy. But our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so you'll be able to resist in the evil day. You'll be able to resist in your valley. You'll be able to resist in your down and out day, in the day where it feels like all hell is breaking loose, that you'll still be able to stand firm. So stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take up the helmet of salvation, which is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf. That utterance may be giving me, given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known the boldness of the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. So we're going to be looking at these two things that we haven't covered yet. The two things we haven't covered yet are the, the gospel of peace that we're to bind with our feet, that we're to put on our feet, that we're to be ready with. And also this other amazing reality which is prayer. And I love that Paul ties in this whole thing together with prayer because what that says is that God's not interested in just dressing us up in some armor and saying, all right, go out there, face your battle, try and wield your sword and do something good. But God's saying, hey, in the midst of every challenge you go through, in the midst of every valley, in the midst of every, every uh, spiritual darkness that comes against you, hey, pray because I'm going to be with you. Turn to me, involve me. There's this amazing picture of relationship where God's saying, hey, I want to do this with you. I want to fight with you. So on that note, I think we should pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your presence, God. I thank you, God, that you haven't called us, Lord, just to fight on our own. But God, I thank you that you've gone before us. I thank you, God, that no matter where we're at right now, we could be in the darkest valley that we've ever faced, God, but you are with us. God, we pray for every single person tonight, God, that they'd hear your heart. God, they wouldn't hear my words, but Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me and move through me tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, have you ever found yourself waking up in the morning, bright and early, you're ready to take on the day, you get dressed, but you forget something like really vital? 
Maybe it's just me. Anyone here? Yeah? There's a few of us. I find myself doing that quite often. I get up in the morning, get dressed. Oh, sorry, before I get dressed, I have a shower, brush my teeth, start to get dressed. I'm looking at my wardrobe. Me and Talia are like sort of chatting. She's in one room. My wardrobe's in the other. So we're just like firing away. She's like, what are you wearing today? I'm like, picking my leather jacket. She's like, I already got that on. You can't wear that. So I'll put something else on. Takes me a few minutes. Get dressed. Get ready. And I look down. And as I'm going to put on my pick what sneakers I'm going to wear, what shoes I'm going to wear, I see these beautiful things just sitting there. And it's winter, yeah, so it's just absolutely freezing. Like you wake up, you're like, why did I have to wake up this early? Talia's turned the heater down, which I love the heater. She hates it. Um, so I always try and crank it up a bit, but she always goes back down and drops it. So I'm like waking up, I'm freezing, and I see these Ugg boots sitting there. Beautiful. Maybe you call them slippers, mockos. I don't know what you call them, but I see these Ugg boots in there, and I'm like, yeah, boy. They're going on my feet today. So I throw on the Ugg boots, go down, I have brekkie. Um, if Talia's been nice enough that morning, I'll get some eggs and some bacon. Otherwise, yeah, I know, oh, happens every now and then. Um, otherwise, you know, we're throwing a few oats, we're making a filter coffee. Anyone loves filter coffee out there? It's all my people right there. And so we get that going and uh, I jump in the car and I head off. Rock up to my destination, get out of the car and I realise... Oh boy, <laughs> I've forgotten something. I've got my Ugg boots still on and I forgot to get my shoes. <laughs> you know, maybe for you, it's like you, you're putting your business clothes on, you got your business suit on, you throw your Ugg boots and you rock up to work and you're like, people are looking at you, what's wrong with this guy? Is this a new fashion statement? Like, who knows these days? People wear anything. Like, look at me. We're in church and who knows what I'm wearing. But... um. You know, I always find myself like, you know, I've done this a few times. So you might think this is a cool hypothetical story. He's trying to connect something to the message. I'm telling you, this is straight truth. Like, I've, you can ask my brother. He's here tonight. But I've rocked up to a job site. All my fluoros, my hard yakker on. Anyone love their hard yakker here? That's me. I've, I've thrown it all on and I've rocked up to a job site in, in Mocos. Like, back when I used to rock Mocos. Like, now I rock my Uggs, but I used to rock Mocos. And I'd rock up get out of the car, and I'm like, oh, man, where's my boots? And if you know anything about a job site, you can't go on if you don't got your boots on. So you need to have steel caps on, protect your toes. They don't really protect your toes, but anyway, that's the deal. So I've done that. People looking at me like, what's wrong with this guy? Like, I work for my dad, so I'm supposed to be a leader in our company, and I'm rocking up in Marcos. There's been plenty of times I've rocked up here in my Ugg boots, plus Craig's looking at me like, all right, <laughs> got straight back in my car and we've done that. I've done it to uni, I've done it to school. Honestly, I've got a problem, people. But, um, but honestly, I feel like sometimes in our spiritual life, we can so easily put everything else on. We can put our helmet on, we can put our breastplate of righteousness on, we've got the truth on, we're rocking, we've got our sword, we've got our shield, but we're just like comfortable because we've got our Uggs on. It's just our comfortable shoes on. And God, God, God's calling us not to be a comfortable people. God's calling us to go, hey, you need something on your shoes that's going to help you get to where I'm calling you to go to. You need to have something on your shoes that's equipped you for the journey ahead. Because God has called us to spiritual warfare. 
Spiritual warfare isn't something that it's just the enemy just coming over us, which there is that reality. Spiritual warfare is personal, but sometimes there's a part of spiritual warfare where God has called us to go and take ground. Where God has called us to put on some shoes. They're going to allow us to go into the areas of society that need to have breakthrough and change. You know, even last week, sitting in uh, Pastor Paul's message, and he's talking about the reality of the valleys we face. When sometimes we take hits from the enemy, we can get weary. We can allow life to have us bent over. You know, it spoke to me so much. It was, it was, it was really, in, in a transparent way, it just really, like, it was, it was like that moment where, you know, God just says, come on, stand up. And Pastor Paul was saying, come on, no matter what you've been through, you can have the ability to stand. We don't have a God who's saying, you know, like, you're going to go through the battle and you're just going to, you're going to keep your head down and just keep going. But God's saying, come on, there's got to be a confidence that rises up on the inside of you that allows you to stand. And the thing is, sometimes we can get tired. We can drop our guard. And I know I personally have. But come on, we've got we to go to get into a reality where we throw off the Ugg boots and we start to put on the shoes that God's called us to do, to wear. So three practical things we're going to um, go through tonight that I believe we're called to see, to see checkmate happen. The first thing is that we're called to prepare ourselves. Ephesians 6 verse 15 says this, Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. And if you're like me, you're like, man, what the heck does shod mean? Like, why shod? Like, uh, uh, uh. So I did us both a favour, really. I went to the dictionary. Really, I did me a favour. I went to the dictionary and I'm like, what does shod mean? And shod, it was actually quite powerful, but shod means to bind. It's Paul saying here, hey, you've got to bind yourself with preparation. It's like that picture of the morning. When you're looking at what's comfortable, you can just slip it on. God's not calling us just to slip on some shoes. God's calling us to bind some shoes to our feet, to be prepared, to tie our shoelaces up, which sometimes I don't do until I get somewhere, but really tie them up and get ready for the journey that we're called to go. Paul here is speaking, even in this whole picture of armor, in military terms, because he wants us to understand that our world Though it's broken, though it's looking for an answer, it's not going to happen whilst we're comfortable. It's not going to happen when, when even our own personal breakthroughs. We're not going to break through into what God has called us to break through whilst we're living in comfortability, whilst we just got our Uggs on, whilst we're just chilling on the couch. And I know this is speaking to me. We've got to really get into a place where we tie ourselves, where we bind our feet to, to God's purpose, to what God has called us to wear. You know, even in war, when you, when you look at a battlefield, each army is looking for an opportunity to take the other army out. But the opportunity that they look for is the opportunity when they know that they're not ready. The opportunity that they know when they're not prepared, when they drop their guard. And it's that whole reality that God's calling us to go, hey, we need to be ready for everything that he's called us to. First Peter 5 verse 8 says this, be alert and of sober mind because your enemy the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You know, it's the same in life. When we haven't readied ourselves, when we haven't prepared ourselves, when we haven't bound ourselves, we so often can find the enemy going, that's a good time to attack. It's almost like we're, we're, we don't have that lean-in, as Pastor Paul says. We don't have that stance. We've got this sort of just, you know, we're just chilling. We're just kicking back here. And that's when he comes and he fires unforgiveness at us. 
He fires anxiety at us. He fires depression at us. He fires anger at us, hurt, insecurity, because he knows that this is, that's my opportunity. It's like when that other army sees that they're not prepared. That's the opportunity. But God's called us to be prepared. God's called us to be ready with the gospel of peace, to step forward with peace into every storm, valley, and trial. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 33 to 38 says this, This God, he's my refuge. He has made my way blameless. He has set my feet like the feet of a deer and has set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. I'd certainly like arms like that. I don't know if you would. But you have given me the shield of your salvation and your gentleness has made me great. You gave me a wide place for my steps under me and my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and destroyed them and did not turn back until they were consumed. What an amazing scripture. This reality that God wants to train us, that God wants to take us into a place where we're prepared for whatever comes our way. But training requires a trainer. And although God is our trainer, he wants to use people. You know, two and a half years ago, me and Talia got married. And um, Talia, if you don't know, she's Italian, which basically means in a, in a really short way is that anytime it came to a meal, anytime it came to dinner, she cooked for the 5,000. Like if you know the story in the Bible, the 5,000, like Talia thought they were rocking up to our house, so she just cooked and three-course meal too, people. And me, I love a challenge. So I'm looking at this food and I'm like, we're going to do it. I'm going to do it all. Now, we're going to be transparent here. But after 12 months of this, the jeans stopped fitting. Put on a few kilos, actually 17 kilos. And uh, her nonna, you know, would go, hey, hello, Daniel, you patate. I mean, potato. Okay? She treats you good. She treats you good. I go, Thanks, nonna. 12 months later, we're in Singapore. Tal goes, well, you know, I think, you know, you're getting a bit round there. I think things need to change, Daniel. So I'm like, all right, all right, I'm going to do this. I just, I just made a decision. Come on, I need to get, I need to attack this. I need to really deal with this. So I signed myself up to an MMA gym. Never done MMA in my life. Seen it on TV, thought it was cool. So I rock up. There's this trainer there named Cal. And I'm like, look at this guy. Like, he's a weapon, shredded. Like, his eating's in order, he's, he's doing well, he's, he's passionate, he, he trains hard. I'm like, I want to be like Cal. I want to be like him, like this guy's the man. So I thought, all right, I'm going to sign up. Little did I realise, like, signing up to train with this guy, Cal, meant that he was going to, like, destroy me. Like, seriously, like, Cal punches me, kicks me, picks me up and drops me. He, he does encourage me, like, he's a, he's a really nice guy. But, like, this guy would, like, I'd walk away, like, getting hits, being like, I think I nearly got knocked out there. But the cool thing was that along this journey, Cal actually took me to a place where I couldn't get to by myself. I wasn't going to get there by myself. I needed someone who had gone before me. I needed someone who could train me to move beyond where I was currently at. You know, we all need a Cal when it comes to our journey with Jesus. We all need someone who's gone before us, who has, I guess, overcome some things in our life so that we can move forward in the things of God. The second thing tonight that I believe God's calling us to do is He's called us to take ground. 
When Paul talks about the armor, he says the gospel of peace is to be on our feet. And I'm like, yo, like God, like shouldn't the gospel of peace be like, you know, maybe a mouthpiece or a megaphone or a microphone? Like shouldn't it be something that we go out and like we just shout and we scream and we just tell people? But what I've learned through personal experience and even getting this wrong so many times early on in my journey is that God's calling us not just to, to, to talk the talk, but God's calling us to walk the walk. So I says the gospel of peace, it needs to be on your feet. It's to be taken into places where it's never gone before, but it needs someone who's going to walk in a way that's going to lead people to me. We need a generation of young and old that walks with people in their valleys and through their storms, that celebrates their wins but mourns their losses, that picks them up when they're down, that bandages their, when they're hurting, but that points them to the only one that can make a way, Jesus. Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus speaking, this is the, the, the commission. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. You know, going into all the world may look like going into a foreign nation for some people, but for most of us, going into all the world means going into every sphere of influence that God has given us, to every environment, whether it be our work environment, our school, our uni environment, our social, our family. God has called us to go in there with peace and to make known. The word preach means to make known the gospel of peace. For me, I work on construction sites, as I've said, and, and in the construction game, like, it's quite a rough industry. Um, I work with cranes as well and concrete, so it's, it's probably even rougher than some of the other trades. Um, not, not to put a downer on the other trades, like, we're all rough and, you know, tough, but um, I get it. But we're, we're out there, and sometimes you're encountering people that are just like, man, just crazy. And we're, I'm on this job in Port Melbourne a couple months ago, and there's this dude named Aiden. This guy, Aiden, he's like the life of the party on the job. Like, you rock up, he's like, hey, man, what's going on? Comes, he hugs you, he gets around you, like he razzes you up, if you know what that means. Like, you just get around this guy and you're like, man, I feel good. Um, but the thing about Aiden is I probably couldn't even repeat 80% of the words he'd say. Like, he's a rough guy. But um, journeying with, you know, even on the construction side, sometimes, like, people don't show you a real picture of who they are. It's just this rough, tough experience. It's, it's a very emotionless place. You might get anger, but that's about it on the site. And, uh, but after three months of just journeying with this guy, just talking to him, just getting to know him, like having to like, you know, not all, not all like there's some parts of things are saying, I'm like, it's good, man. Like we can't really continue that conversation, but we'll just, you know, direct it somewhere else and just continue to, to embrace this guy and love this guy. Three months later, it was cool. We had this moment where he started to open up about his life. And it wasn't because of the way I, I, I talked. It wasn't anything eloquent. I said, it's just I just decided to walk with this dude. And he opened up and he goes, man, like I'm actually in a really, really dark valley. Like despite all the, the, the energy that he put out there, there was a dark valley that he was walking through. He's just walking through this, through addiction. He's been clean, but just this hard challenge of not wanting to go back, an addiction to ice and alcoholism. He had a young family. And uh, he, like he said, like my, I was never home for my missus and kids. And it was just a really rough season. And it was cool because I was able to go, dude, you know what? There's a God that can help you overcome what you're, what you're facing right now. He's not a God that says there's no valley. He's a God that steps into the valley and helps you walk out. 
He goes, man, is that, is that why, you know, you're a bit different? I go, yeah, we're into church. He goes, man, me and, me and my missus, we've been talking about maybe I need to go to a church. Maybe that's what we need to do. You know, I don't know. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> I, don't, I don't know what, 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 you know, like what God's going to call us to or what, what people God's going to bring to us. And we don't need to be perfect. We just need to be ready. God's going to present opportunities and all we need to do is to be ready. The third thing is that we're called to pray. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says this, With all prayer and all petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be alert with all perseverance and all petition for all the saints. Pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known the boldness of the mystery of the gospel for which I am in chains. You know, I love Paul here. He's almost rapping. He's saying all that many times. But he's saying, yo, with all prayer and petition, with all times, with, in the spirit, like I love this reality because it's not this reality of, of, you know, just try and get through on your own. Paul's saying like, man, you just got to keep pressing in. No matter what you're facing, you need to keep involving God. Even when you feel perplexed, even when you feel like all hell is breaking loose, come on, they're the moments that we need to press in the most. You know, I I love this catchphrase that I picked up and I don't know where I picked it up from, but there's this catchphrase. It's like, can't stop, won't stop. Just can't stop, won't stop. And I believe if Paul was living in today's area, that would be in the Bible. It'd be a hashtag. Can't stop, won't stop. Come on, church. We need to get into a place in prayer that it's can't stop, won't stop. You know, all times in his spirit, it's not something in our strength. It's not something in our power, but it's in the power of who he is. God wants us to understand that prayer is not what we do when we wake up for a couple minutes. Though it is. God wants us to understand it's not just something we do when we go to bed and we, we, we say our prayers just, just to go to sleep and get through. But prayer is an open line of communication between us and heaven that we walk in every moment of every day. So what does that look like? When we're facing financial hardships, maybe we've lost a job, we're struggling with the bills to pay the rent. Come on, pray. That's a moment to pray. And then see the cap team because they're going to help us make a way forward. When we're facing the doctor's diagnosis of sickness and disease, come on, it's in those moments we need to turn to God and pray. When we have experienced a relationship that is on the verge of breakdown, come on, we need to pray and get some people around us that are going to help us heal, are going to help us move forward. When we get anxious thoughts, come on, pray. What would our prayer life look like if we took every anxious thought, if we took every depressive thought, every angry thought, every insecure thought, every thought that is trying to weigh us down, what would it look like if we just prayed in that moment? When we're believing for a family member or a friend that we just love so much to be saved, And it seems like nothing's happening. And it seems like those walls won't fall. Come on, they're the moments we've got to keep on praying because those walls will come down. Prayer is what holds our armor together. It's what engages heaven in our warfare. It is us calling out for God's spirit to move in us and bind our feet with the gospel of peace. To go into every sphere of influence and see change. I love Paul because he even goes on and he goes with all perseverance and all petition for all the saints. You know, it's not just about our individual breakthrough, but it's about every single one of us encountering breakthrough for each other. Does anyone love Rocky Balboa here? I love Rocky. 
Like, it's just a great movie. I watch it about once a year. It just inspires me. But there's this amazing quote that Sylvester Stallone put in the movie, and it's actually from his own uh, journey of faith and his journey of hardship in life. But he puts it, and Rocky says this. He goes, life's not about how hard of a hit you can give. It's about how many you can take and still keep moving forward. And I think that's so vital in our spiritual life and with prayer because prayer is our oxygen. We need it. It brings life to our life. And I know for myself, when I'm not in a place of prayer and dependence, life starts to overcome me. But the moment I come back to that place of Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I can't do this without you. All of a sudden, the breath of God comes back into my lungs and I can get up and go again. podcast from life if you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message visit lifeau